It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Monday, July 26th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Training camp week is upon us. I don't know about you, but my eyes are a little brighter this morning. I got out of bed a little quicker. I'm sitting up a little straighter in my chair. Dolphins football is back, baby. And we're going to celebrate by continuing a series that we started last week which is dedicated to exploring the pre-draft perceptions of the Dolphins' projected starters from yours truly, of course, been in the draft game since 2013, wrote reports on, uh, effectively, I can manufacture a starting offense and defense of all players that I did scouting reports on during my career in the NFL draft coverage game. And we did the offense last week. We're going to do the front seven today. Uh, But we do have a little bit of news that developed over the course of the weekend. Of course, the Dolphins signed Javon Holland, one of their three unsigned rookies. Uh, Only Liam Eikenberg and Hunter Long remain. Uh, So it's nice to know Holland, that business is taken care of. The Dolphins added Cravon LeBlanc, and they also added Shaquem Griffin to the roster. They cut Rex Sonohara, the backup long snapper, and they cut defensive lineman Nick Coe. But the big piece of info and the Dolphins, these sneaky Dolphins, they slit this right under the radar. There were a number of eagle-eyed Dolphins fans who caught this on Friday night. I had somebody who reached out to me. I was like, hey, have you seen this? I'm like, well, I got the uh, the league memo for all transactions and, and moves, and it's not on there. Uh, so I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I haven't seen it. And the team hadn't announced it, and nobody had formally reported it. The Dolphins restructured Bernardrick McKinney's contract on Friday. The only way we know this right now is because the Dolphins slipped it on there on the team page's transactions for Friday ahead of last weekend. So we don't know any details as of when I am recording this. It's uh, midday on Sunday. Uh, But we do know the Dolphins according to themselves, have restructured Bernard McKinney's contract. Uh, McKinney had a base salary this year of $7 million. Uh, they can go any number of ways with this. They could do partial. They could do uh, a max of about $6 million they could restructure. They could restructure his base salary to be veterans minimum, give him a signing bonus, of that converted base salary, so he gets it all up front, guaranteed, no questions asked, and you prorate that dollar amount over three seasons. So if they took, say, $6 million and they converted it from base salary to signing bonus, he gets the $6 million check right up front, and the Dolphins are only responsible for $2 million of it against the cap because McKinney has three years left on his deal, which A, tells you if that's what they chose to do, and not even to the degree of the full 
uh, amount that they're eligible to do it with. Uh, it tells you that Bernardic McKinney is going to be uh, a year-over-year player here. Of course, it helps that you traded for him. You had no guarantee commitments to him. But nevertheless, uh, this is it's an easier pill to swallow when a player is under contract for three years and has no guarantees in his contract at all. But it also tells you that Bernard McKinney's cap hit is probably going to be notably lower than what it was before. The question is, and we'll find out in due time, is this a precursor to appeasing Xavier Howard or leaving enough wiggle room for after you get the other two rookies signed to have the ability to add a player to the roster if you want to? Is it a precursor to adding a player to the roster regardless of what happens with Xavier Howard and the other rookies. We don't know. We don't know the details as of this point in time, but what we do know is the Dolphins, by their own admission, according to their transactions page on the team site, restructured Bernard McKinney, manufacturing some more 2021 cap space along the way. They will defer some of whatever they've transitioned or transferred over uh, to a signing bonus, presumably, and they will pay that over against the cap over the course of the next three years, even though they wrote the check, and that's taken care of, and McKinney's going to get that money, no questions asked. So that's the big news. Uh, But with that in mind, we're going to continue our journey into the Dolphins' defensive death chart. We're going to do the front seven today. And we're going to start with Christian Wilkins. Wilkins, defensive lineman, base end, interior defender, uh, came out, of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Dolphins, of course, made him the number 13 overall pick. Uh, against my own personal rankings, Wilkins was the 23rd rated player in my eyes in that class. Uh, and remember, that's the probably the least important thing I'll tell you about my evaluation of Christian Wilkins. It's more what you say about the player, because from an evaluation perspective, when you're in the NFL Draft game, you're evaluating for all 32 teams simultaneously versus each team having their own specific set of criteria. If you're not familiar, you missed uh, Tuesday or Thursday and Friday of last week. We do these reports, uh, 10 position-specific traits. Watch the film. We evaluate them on those traits. We give them a grade on those traits. Boom, you get an eval. So for Christian Wilkins, hand technique and length. What he lacks in natural length and extension skills, he makes up for with a compact stump punch and good hand utilization in shedding techniques. Arm over push, pull, and other shedding techniques provide an effective disengage at the line of scrimmage when looking to redirect, get off blocks, and pursue the football. Competitive toughness. Flies around like a bat out of hell. Relentless in his efforts, will chase from the backside, string out lateral runs into the boundary, bear crawl in the pocket after losing his footing in an effort to get a piece of the quarterback, occasional lapses versus double teams to give ground and lose leverage. Two-gap ability, which is your ability to, to stack up an offensive lineman, read and read the block and disengage to either avenue and be responsible for two simultaneous gaps. Squatty build provides natural leverage and will help aid against longer arm blockers who win extension after contact. Feel for the play and ability to mirror backs at the line of scrimmage coming out of the mesh point and disengage late in the play is very strong as his hand placement to out leverage a blocker in tight spaces to shed. Gap penetration skills. Plays with good balance through the gap to push through down blocks and attempts at washing him out of the play. Shows good acceleration after identifying the gap to gain ground and work into space after stacking a blocker. Tackling. Hasn't got the length and tackle radius to ensure he finishes plays when he's stuck up on blockers at the point of attack, 
but his disengagement skills often prevent the need to do so. Rapid closing speed does well to ensure he gets a firm wrap on a limb when working at the fringe of his tackle radius. Flexibility. Has a good deal of lean and lateral mobility in his lower half. He is not a tight athlete and offers the ability to corner in a phone booth to quickly close on his target. Capable of working his hips over the top of blockers with good hip hinge and displace himself into adjacent gaps when stringing plays along the line of scrimmage. Pass rush counters. Slippery after establishing his fit with his hands. Understands how to manipulate his body and sustain control of his blocker with hands while working lower half into space. Wins with first step quickness, speed to power conversion, rip move from wider angles, and second effort. First step quickness does not have elite first step, but is quick on the draw nonetheless. Fully capable of timing up a snap and exploding into the gap. Wins with quickness on the inside and plays with good acceleration as he gains depth in the pocket to keep momentum and defeat lateral contact. We got two more. Feet slash change of direction. More nimble than first look would suggest. Momentum can be used against him in some instances, but redirection skills and short area agility across the face of blockers are strong. Has light feet when working laterally and engaged with blockers. Versatility. Has been used off the edge in passing situations. Love his ability to anchor against power concepts in the middle and subsequently shuck the block. Penetration player with high production in the backfield as well. Mobile, quick, and stout enough to provide effective play in a number of game situations. Had him down for his best trait being his versatility, his worst trait being his length. Boston College 2018 was his best game. His worst game was Alabama in 2017. So there's a little bit of a disconnect here with Christian Wilkins, and I think it really comes down to his role. You hear me talk a lot in that pre-draft report about his two-gap abilities, the ability to disengage off of blocks and control the line of scrimmage. Uh, as a rookie, Christian struggled at times with his... Uh, ability to keep his pad level down. That was a big point of emphasis for him as a rookie in the NFL. was something I didn't necessarily call out when I was evaluating him at college. But you saw Christian Wilkins this year showcase that same ability to control the point of attack. The, di- the biggest disparity in my mind is the style of defense that the Dolphins play They're not going to ask a defensive tackle to go get 10 sacks in a season. They're just not going to do it. It's it's not in their DNA as far as their identity as a defense. And that's perfectly fine. Uh, So I'm comfortable with the valuation and the evaluation that I had as Christian Wilkins. But some of the more dynamic plays that we have not seen from Christian Wilkins through two, two seasons, I don't necessarily think that's an indictment of Wilkins as a physical talent. And I don't necessarily think that means I've misevaluated him as a player. But I do think because he was versatile, the Dolphins saw what he could do at the point of attack and said, we want that regardless of whether or not we're going to ask this player to live and die in opposing backfields. I can only speak for myself, but uh, I live and die by the world's most delicious protein bar, which is Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are High in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, 100% chocolate on all their bars. And boy, are they chef's kish delish. You know, if I would have put them on that 2019 big board, Christian Wilkins was 23rd on, uh, Christian Wilkins would have ended up being 24 because Bilt Bar would have been above him 
on the 2019 draft board. There's no question about it. Whether you're looking for something as a meal replacement tool, whether you're looking for something to grab and go, midnight snack, you name it, Bill Bar can be it. Right now, you can visit BillBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and save 15% off your next order. That's BillBar.com, promo code LOCK15, to save 15% off your order of the world's most delicious protein bar. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's keep it on the front, the defensive front. Uh, Raekwon Davis, nose tackle, projected starting nose tackle for the Dolphins. Uh, Light really came on for him as a prospect. Uh, down the second half of his rookie season in 2020. Not necessarily dissimilar to how we saw Christian Wilkins steadily continue to progress and uh, take steps forward throughout his rookie season. So I have my report from the 2020 NFL Draft on Raekwon Davis. Here's what you need to know about my ranking of Raekwon Davis. Uh, He checked on my personal big board as the number 42 overall player. Uh, I had him as far as interior defensive lineman behind Derek Brown, who was drafted in the top 10 by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, who was drafted in the top 20 by the San Francisco 49ers. And the only other interior defender that I had rated above Raekwon Davis was Justin Matabuike from Texas A&M, who landed with the Baltimore Ravens and is probably going to have a good chance to showcase himself and break out a little bit uh, this year. So here's my evaluation on Raekwon. You guys let me know how I did. Uh, hand technique and length. Flashes are all present, but too often doesn't deliver the need to blow to jolt blockers and win real estate at first contact. Would like to see continued consistency in extending himself against blockers. When he does, he's very difficult to corral. Consistency is the missing component. Competitive toughness. Easy to appreciate his hustle and mobility for an interior defensive lineman. There's plenty of reps where he's outworking blockers and peeling back into plays on second effort in the pocket to help flush the passer. Ability to hold vault versus double teams and anchors can be compromised at times by high pad level. So there's that pad level note that I was missing with Christian Wilkins. Made it here against Ray Owen Raekwon Davis. Two-gap ability. Prototypical tools here, but current inconsistencies with his hands and separation can leave him susceptible to getting swallowed up and struggling to quickly and disengage to corral the ball carrier. There's enough here to warrant development if an odd front team chooses to covet him for such a role. And boy, did the Dolphins ever. Gap penetration skills. Don't let the production fool you. There's plenty of upside here and has the makings of an excited player when he's put into gaps. Physical qualities and flashes of quickness are more than enough to bet high on, and he does well to come to balance once he's stepped through a gap to redirect and find the football. Tackling. Massive wingspan which he's put to good use with to reach an influence if he's stuck on blocks and tries to disengage. He'll close gaps at the point of attack with his wingspan and force backs to make decisions to test running through his influence or try and bounce and cut elsewhere. 
flexibility. He's got plenty of functional athleticism and range of motion through his core and hips to play with some impressive redirectional skills. Natural leverage is going to be a battle he's constantly fighting given his stature, and he'll really need to key in on keeping his pad level down to help anchor at the point of attack. Pass rush counters. Was asked to operate in a ton of stunt looks. Found success there too on twists inside. Subtle moves are where he's best, such as hand swipe and ripping clear of his hands. As he's pressing into gaps, sack production has fallen off in the last two seasons, thanks in some degree due to usage and a lot of double-team looks. First step quickness. On the occasions in which he's let off the leash and encouraged to quote-unquote go get him, there's a really nice first step present here that can be overwhelming for interior blockers. If he's built ahead of steam, he's difficult to reset a base in front of as he pushes forward. Rush potential to be more productive in a different role than what he was tasked with at Alabama. Feet and change of direction skills. Pleasant level of lateral mobility to scrape along the line. Comfortable to hinge his hips and flow over the top of the line. His redirectional quickness, if established on a clean, square base, shouldn't be possible for a guy of this stature. His natural athleticism is impressive. Versatility. Potential to play 3, 5, or base end, although his ceiling is much higher in a penetration role than it is to hold the line. Would be less valuable to two-gapping teams than he would be for teams that can capitalize on his first step. And that little bit there at the very end, I had his best trait uh, as athletic, functional athleticism, his worst trait is his hand technique uh, and pad level. That last note there is where the Miami Dolphins and specifically Brian Flores deserve the most credit because I evaluated this guy at 310 pounds, projected him into a, a base end or a four-eye alignment uh, for a team that wants to run odd front looks, uh, put him in the B-gap. The Dolphins saw him, saw his athleticism, and said, let's put 20 pounds on him. We'll play him at 330 and put him down in the nose. And sure enough, because they did so much with the bear and min fronts up front, they guaranteed that Davis at that weight, with the sustaining explosiveness and athleticism that he had, was going to get one-on-ones on opposing centers, and he beat the tar out of them. So now for Davis... It is about consistency and keeping the pad level down and trying to further flesh out your pass rushing skills. If he can do that, then he's going to far exceed my expectations. His role was already a different one than I perceived when I evaluated him for all 32 teams, but that's why the Dolphins deserve so much credit for Raekwon Davis becoming the player that he was down the stretch. Our next spotlight is Emmanuel Agba. 2016 NFL Draft out of Oklahoma State. Here's what you need to know about him. I had him as my sixth-rated edge defender in that year's class, and he was my number 45 overall player. So I think that's the, the most notable thing, is Wilkins, Davis, and Agba. You know, if you're going with a, a base front, you're going to have rush linebackers outside of him, so we're assuming Agba... Uh, He's going to have either Van Ginkle or Jalen Phillips outside of him. Uh, We're all top 50 players in my personal rankings before the draft. So here's the notes that I had on Emmanuel Agba. Hand technique. Needs to continue to develop ability to shed blocks and counter as a pass rusher with his hands. Does not currently play with consistency and efficiency when attacking blockers. Will show awareness at times to play at the wrist, but movements are erratic. First step, explosiveness. Can at times be late reacting to the snap, which may be a scheme-specific coaching point. 
is very physically explosive and twitchy as an athlete, uh, which is obvious in pass rush situations, has the ability to win with initial speed at the snap, has strong closing burst in space to close down gaps. Effort, infrequent effort on snap-to-snap basis can at times be lethargic watching runs tuck inside when potential to crash and disrupt is present and too frequently dances with opposing blockers when playing full tilt is a handful and difficult to corral on extended plays. Pass rush counters currently does not possess many variable counters to win in one-on-one rushes. Favorite moon is a hand club and rip does not illustrate inside counters and accurate hand placement to swat away initial stun punches to shed hands. Flexibility, very loose athlete capable of producing extreme levels of lean and tilt throughout the lower extremities, hips and torso when rushing off the edge can shift shoulders and turn the corner in tight areas of offensive tackles can cede a steep angle at the top of the pocket. Feet and change of direction skills. Light, nimble feet, especially when considering his height-weight combination with athletic skills. He has the ability to cross face at the snap and work down the line of scrimmage if unoccupied on the backside. Has play speed to work to the sideline on perimeter runs if he's on the front side. Tackling slides off tackle attempts on account of failing to come to balance in space. Hits with power and explosiveness thanks to his height-weight-speed combination. Possesses ideal length and frame for influencing the mesh point or the perimeter as a run defender if left unblocked. Toughness will need to continue to play with better leverage at the point of attack to be more disciplined to fight across the face of blockers. Does hold ground at the point of attack well when squared and fit with his hands. Hits with explosive power if left uncovered to run through bodies and play with a menacing tone. Much more attractive in run stopping. stopping. Much more attractive as a slant defender than a gap occupier. And in lateral movement skills has gifted movement ability. uh, Fully capable of handling outside responsibilities. Failures on container or level of missed tackles. Errant body positioning and poor angles. Uh, I continued, there was a, a note here on his player summary that I think is worth reading, especially when you you hear that synopsis. His film score wasn't necessarily quite as high as what his total eval was. He was really boosted by production and his functional athleticism score. Uh, So here's what I had to say that I think is worth noting in the player synopsis of him. Agba doesn't show a feel for what he's doing just yet. Too many plays end with him locked out with a blocker or, and holding ground instead of making efforts to shed and continue to rally to the football. If a defensive line coach is confident that they can light a fire under him, he may be coveted earlier than my ranking, and there's a very high ceiling present. So I don't necessarily think that Agba, for his entire NFL career, has lived up to the standard of being projected as a top 45 player. Uh, But the version that the Dolphins got of Agba this past year, I think still showcased plenty of the things that I observed from him at Oklahoma State. Specifically, as a pass rusher, Agba benefited from the ability to get a lot of mismatches in his rushes, thanks to the Dolphins' blitz scheme. And it really allowed some of the the height, weight, speed, functional athleticism dynamics of his game to really bleed out and help him finish some of these plays. Uh, I do think the Dolphins have a challenging decision to make as far as whether or not they're going to pay Emmanuel Agba. It's probably going to warrant $15-plus million per season to lock him in long-term. He's under contract this year for half of that, $7.5 million. This is a prove-it year for Emmanuel Agba. 
if he can show that what he did last year is being built upon, then he's going to earn that contract. But I saw some of the same kind of, I don't want to say limitations, but dynamics of his play this past year at Miami that I think he was allowed to work around because of the scheme fit that Miami may ultimately opt to avoid paying him that premium contract and pursue more young talent at the position. Speaking of pursuing young talent at the position, um, Jalen Phillips is next on the list, and I am just like we did with Jalen Waddle on Thursday. I'm not going to read you a report on Jalen Phillips uh, because I did a full 30-minute show on Jalen Phillips, and we did the full uh, building the edge big board specifically for Miami in April before the 2021 NFL draft. So if you want to hear that deep dive on Jalen Phillips as a player, I would recommend those shows you go back into the historical queue and watch. But I will say this about Jalen Phillips. He was my number one rated defensive player in this year's class, tied with Micah Parsons from Penn State, my number seven overall player in the 2021 NFL draft. We haven't seen him play a snap yet. I'm excited to see what that looks like. I'm excited to see, is he taking the Kyle Van Noy roles, a guy who 70% of the time is going to play on the edge? Uh, How often they get put his hand in the dirt? These are all fascinating things to me. Uh, But he is a height, weight, speed, freak athlete who has more polish than any of the names that we just mentioned, uh, the front interior three. Any of them had coming out at the college level. And there's a reason why Phillips was the top 20 draft pick, and I'm excited to see what that looks like. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your favorite sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and UFC. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available to you. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Going to finish uh, the rush group with Andrew Van Ginkle, who is an L I am going to have to take. I evaluated Van Ginkle as a seventh-round value. Uh, he got drafted, of course, in the fifth round. Uh, he came out of Wisconsin at 6'4", 233. He was a JUCO athlete, which means he played at junior college, only played two years with the Wisconsin Badgers program uh, before the NFL draft. So... He's certainly not the same player I evaluated coming out of Wisconsin that he is now. And some of that, again, credit to the Dolphins. Uh, They've put about 10 pounds onto his frame versus what he was evaluated at.
coming out of Wisconsin. So here's the evaluation, uh, starting with first step quickness. More of a smooth mover than a true explosive first step winner off the edge. Guilty of false stepping of out of two-point stances when looking to drive off the ball. Secondary acceleration is more impressive. Flash is more in a pursuit role when rallying to the football. Hand technique and length. Placement is effective and shows awareness of need to use his hands. Has ripped through extended blocks, but generally has not offered a lot in the way of shedding techniques other than giving ground at the line before re-engaging in pursuit. Hands are sorely lacking in power needed to dictate plays with aggression. Pass rush counter. Has not shown awareness in setting up offensive tackles or how to generate a favorable angle. Hand counters are sparing and typically looks to run the outside track and dip the inside shoulder. Has not figured out how to unlock his hips and flatten the edge. Flexibility. Has free-moving hips in pass coverage and when opening for pursuit when the ball goes away. Pass rush mobility and ankle flexion have been limited either due to unawareness of application or a functional restriction when needing to play with leverage and bend simultaneously. Run defending. Will get displaced with too much ease at the line of scrimmage. Should not be tasked early on with setting the edge or playing toe-to-toe with offensive linemen. Is much better suited for a pursuit role or stacked off the ball than getting involved in trench warfare on the line of scrimmage. Competitive toughness. Has played physically soft at times, gets bumped around by tight ends when flexed out into the slot, and gets stuck on blocks with far too high of a frequency. Does not look to play through contact, instead looking to pull away and concede space from the line of scrimmage before continuing in pursuit. Tackling. Lengthy frame has good lateral tilt to help maximize his tackling. Radius is not afraid to put a shoulder into a pile to bowl over a wrapped-up ball carrier. Has no issues with wrap-up opportunities as a capable finisher on the edge when crashing down to fill versus an inside cut. Lateral mobility. Smooth-moving athlete. Free mover when tasked to flip his hips open and gain width with suddenness on the perimeter. Has mobility flashes on the second level in pursuit in addition to getting width on the edge of the line of scrimmage. Should not be left unaccounted for on the backside of plays with his fluidity. Stand-up ability. Used predominantly in a stand-up role. Has quality reps in zone coverage to play underneath zones. Shows good feel for navigating the interior when twisting or stunting to fold back into an inside gap. He's a free mover in open space and has ball production and coverage. Football intelligence. Game speed can be a bit much at times. Looking to freeze after an initial charge as a rusher and will dance with blockers instead of looking to employ counters. A two-year FBS player who transferred in from JUCO, leaving plenty of room for growth under continued coaching. So this evaluation, uh, I think, is a testament to the player development that we've seen from this defense. You think about Raekwon Davis and Christian Wilkins and Emmanuel Agba to a certain extent and Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, There are lots of examples. Jerome Baker, who we're going to get to next, Lots of examples of player development. Zach Sealer, who we're not mentioning and I did not do a write-up on. Uh, Lots of examples of players getting better in this program on the defensive side of the ball and Van Ginkle. The fact that he added 10 pounds of mass, and that was a big talking point going into last season, was, yeah, he's gotten stronger. He's gotten a lot stronger. He needed to get stronger. That was the biggest concern that I had with him as a prospect was the fact that he got knocked around by players who, if you're going to be an NFL player playing on the line of scrimmage, you shouldn't be getting knocked around by. So 
I think Miami, their ability to play him in multiple spots uh, to maximize his athleticism, the ability to stack weight on him and keep his fluidity as an athlete uh, has really helped him to uh, be positioned to make a really nice jump for the Dolphins. Now, we may get through this season with him in an elevated role because, remember, Shaq Lawson's gone and uh, Kyle Van Noy is gone. So if Van Ginkle is elevated into one of those roles and he plays a much higher snap rate of snaps and we see that some of these rush counter limitations do exist, well, then we're going to have to ask ourselves a question of like, okay, do we go get somebody else and have him platoon this role like he did when he was so successful in 2020? And if that's the case, that's perfectly fine. But I would say uh, I sold Van Ginkle short based on not seeing the developmental upside to him as a player that Miami has tapped into by slow playing him. Of course, he played very sparingly his rookie season. He was hurt for a good portion of that year. They got him a full offseason in the weight room and strength and conditioning, and boom, he makes a jump. So do I kick myself a little bit? Yeah, you know, the physical skills were very obviously present. It's not my best evaluation in this front seven, uh, but if I'm going to be wrong, I would rather be wrong that way than wrong the other way around. We got two guys left. Jerome Baker is next, as promised, out of Ohio State, third-round draft choice for the Miami Dolphins. Here's what the pre-draft eval from yours truly had to say. Football intelligence has a great eye for plays developing from tight to the line of scrimmage, understands how to flow and anticipates plays to avoid being flanked and outgunned to landmarks, has quick reactionary skills to win positioning reps uh, early on. Tackling. Tackle radius at first contact is only average on account of pedestrian size. Has explosive closing ability and overall range that is a game changer on the defensive unit. Has notable pop in his pads and rocks ball carriers when catching them flush and head on. Block shedding. Has effective single arm staff to challenge blockers and use what length is present to keep Avino into a single gap open. Does not have great overall size or upper body strength but does pop hands into chest of blockers to jolt and open a lateral crease to try to slip through. Competitive toughness shows strong pursuit skills to accelerate and chase to the football. Rally defender who has range to work back into favorable space and close to the line of scrimmage on many plays. Ability to stand up at the point of attack is only modest, but he's not a complete liability in this regard. Lateral movement. Has true sideline-to-sideline burst and range, capable of staying square to the line of scrimmage in such circumstances thanks to loose hips. Has a second gear that many second-level defenders would be enviable of in pursuit, scraping over the top. Covered skills. Strong hip mobility and looseness to work back into depth as needed in takeaway throwing windows and zone. Has good foot quickness and looseness in the lower half to stay stride for stride against skill players when running down the field in man-to-man coverage. Gap shooting ability. Patient on his platform before driving with a good first step to shoot gaps and play into the backfield. Effective in redirection skills to pivot after uncovering in the backfield and getting in the hip pocket of the ball carrier out of the mesh point. Feet and change of direction. Feet are sudden, smooth, and effective to suddenly redirect weight and sustain speed while doing so. Does well on flat-footed platforms to not drift or waste steps. 
to take momentum away from the football before driving into the play. Flexibility. He's very fluid, pliable athlete in the open field. Will cut, pivot, tilt into cornering opportunities to play with a notable rate of speed in relation to the ball and his teammates. Effective peeling shoulders tightly in small spaces to slip blocks and uncover on aggressive charges into the line of scrimmage. First step quickness, twitchy athlete who can drive off of the second level and still win his landmarks if shooting gaps. Has ability to win with speed off the edge if tasked with playing up near the line of scrimmage or aligned over top of a tight end. Uh, had his best trait as his first step explosiveness. His worst trait was his block shedding. I forecasted him as a favorable projection to a will linebacker in the NFL. His high range, high levels of range can be showcased in a pursuit role. Quote, keeping Baker out of traffic will yield the best results. A three-down linebacker with pass coverage skills as well. My 51st overall player in the 2018 NFL draft. We saw this version of Jerome last year. The question now is, can you continue to flesh out your ability to get off of blocks? And if you can, then Miami is going to be absolutely positively thrilled with what the end result looks like. Which brings us to our last showcased player today in the front seven, uh, Mr. Restructure himself, Bernardrick McKinney, who was uh, drafted by the Houston Texans. Uh, in the 2015 NFL Draft, traded to the Dolphins uh, as part of a swap with Shaq Lawson. I had Bernardrick McKinney as my 51st overall player in the 2015 NFL Draft. Here's what the film report had to say. Instincts does not currently trust his keys with consistency. Eyes backfield motion too frequently when the offensive line reads would direct him to the ball. He is very effective in attacking the line of scrimmage downhill, shoots gaps effectively when IDing the play, tackling, devastating power, impacting ball carriers with heavy pads, blows up running backs on the ground, wide receivers across the middle, and quarterbacks trying to flush the pocket. He's also a lengthy player with a high tackle radius to reach and grab as needed. Block shedding skills, uses long arms well to stack blockers and read the ball before shedding into the appropriate gap has enough power to engage interior offensive linemen in one-on-one situations to stalemate. Toughness. Has not missed a game in three seasons. Plays with physically imposing presence on the second level as an enforcer. Finishing tackles with authority all the way to the ground. Coverage skills. Has some heavy-footedness in his pedal and appears tight in his hips when looking to hinge and open in turn-and-run situations. Has played deep middle zone with most frequency, but does not showcase a frequent influence of throws. Hand technique. Powerful hands and a long wingspan that jolt and stack blockers effectively. He doesn't catch very frequently. He's an attacker and resets the point of attack. Lateral movement. Some stiffness through his hips. Uh, appears to labor laterally if he's looking to press outside the numbers. Has good enough linear speed to turn and run and be effective scraping over the top on stretch plays, provided he's not asked to hit all the way to the sideline. Feet and change of direction skills. Long strides make sudden change of direction challenging and limits ability to plant and drive with explosiveness. First step quickness can be quite dynamic from a linear perspective, capable of shooting interior gaps from a stand-up position off the ball or when walked up onto the line of scrimmage and create penetration, disruption, and chaos. Flexibility does not appear to bend notably well from the knees. Weight rocks back onto his heels when pedaled. 
does not showcase strong hinge through the hips when asked to turn and run, but coils and anchors quite well when looking to play down into the point of attack and not asked to play in a 3D plane. So Bernardrick McKinney is a faster, stronger, bigger version of what Elandon Roberts was with enough linear burst that the Dolphins can showcase him, provided he comes back well from the injury that he suffered that caused him to miss time his last year in Houston, uh, that will allow him to even walk up on the edge if they want to start mixing and matching their personnel uh, and be in any different number of defensive personnel groupings and still go with the 5-0 package in which they're, they're loading the A-gaps and they're forcing offensive linemen to go man-on-man. McKinney can do that off the edge. You think about how Emmanuel Agba has won some of his pressures and sacks. McKinney as a linebacker has the same kind of burst, length, size uh, to be able to fill that role and have some effectiveness in it because you're not going to ask him to play at real steep angles. So I'll be really fascinated to see how much they get out of McKinney, but as you can hear by hearing the assessment, Uh, He's a player who brings something to the Dolphins roster that they didn't really not have last year. And from a Flores New England connection perspective, it's kind of the uh, Donta Hightower type role. I'm not saying he's Donta Hightower because he's certainly not, Uh, but he's a really good scheme specific player that the Dolphins have a niche for that was not filled last year. So in all, We've got seven guys we covered today. Jerome Baker, Bernardrick McKinney on the inside, Jalen Phillips and Andrew Van Ginkle as rush linebackers, Emmanuel Agba, Raekwon Davis, and Christian Wilkins. If you want to get, if you trust my eye for the game and you want to get excited about this defensive front seven for the Dolphins, six of those seven guys were top 51 players in their respective draft classes in my evaluation tool, and you got a bright, young, defensive-minded head coach developing all of these guys, and we've seen that development play, pay dividends thus far. Sounds good to me. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the rest of this week. We're going to push power to the pod to the end of the week. Uh, we are going to finish this series tomorrow looking at the secondary. We got Holland, we got Rowe, we got Brandon Jones, we got Justin Coleman, we got Xavier Howard, we got Byron Jones, like we got the whole gauntlet tomorrow. So it's going to be a good time. Make sure you hit subscribe. Come on back. See us again tomorrow. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Training camp is back. Fins up. Enjoy the rest of your Mondays. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.